You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So we have dates, my fair wife, Pam. Dates for what? Next year's Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Mark your calendars now. Nice. I need you to mark your calendar now. Got it. By the Got way. Got it down. Got it to down. June 18 through 21 in the year of 2020. Here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area again. So mark your calendars. Uh, the more details will be coming. We've got some changes coming for the getaway. This, at least we're in the works for... Some cool little additions. Are you disclosing right now? We are not disclosing yet. We've got to finalize all of the details, and that will all be disclosed as soon as we have them all firmed up. All right. Looking forward to it. But if you want to join us, and we hope that you do, we want to see you in June in 2020. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, and we're so glad that you take some time out of the day each and every week to spend it with us. And what we asked from you as our uh, loyal, faithful Sexy Marriage Radio nation that let us know what you think and what your questions are. If you got something you're curious and you don't know where else to ask, because you're not going to bring it up at the dinner table whenever the holidays come around and ask mm-hmm. your parents because it's a little too embarrassing or your friends, church group, whatever. Uh, let us know. We'll answer it. 214-702-9565 is our voicemail line. Or feedback at sexymergeradio.com is how you can email us. And everything is read and followed up with in some way, shape, or form. Uh, as a segment on a mm-hmm. show or mm-hmm. an offline conversation. And we also ask the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation jump on iTunes and rate and review the show. Leave us comments. Help us spread the word that uh, married sex is the best hotbed for sex that there is. That's right. So come on up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio. A couple of your questions and our answers. And then on the extended version, which is deeper, longer... And there are no ads. You can subscribe at smrnation.com. We're going to do a deep dive conversation, Pam, into the whole world of one-sided relationships. Mm, There's okay. been a thread of emails that have come in over the last couple of weeks and then from several of the conversations that have taken place in the academy that have really started to frame out, uh, you know what, I'm in a one-sided relationship in certain aspects of my marriage. Mm, so. Yeah. What do I do? Okay. And so we're going to talk in about what is it, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk into uh, sp- some specific actionable what I think, because there is this whole, you go out there and Google one-sided relationship, which I did, and you see a lot of different advice, which none of it is necessarily wrong in my opinion. It's just not enough. Sure. And so all that's coming up on today's show. So this is an email that came in. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, Pamela, that just says, uh, I love the way they're coming about this question. Okay. So this says, hello, sexy marriage. Thank you for the podcast with open discussion and not shying away from hard questions. We wanted to ask your thoughts about using the F word in the bedroom. And I'm guessing they don't mean fun. I'm guessing. Or funny. Yeah. My wife and I are both very strong believers who both enjoy sex, and sometimes the sex is good, and the F word has been a way to ask for what we really want when it gets wild. 
We never use this word anywhere else, and it's only between the two of us. We've talked about it and have come to the conclusion that we use it in a context in a safe place and not all the time making it okay for us to use when we feel the desire to be explicit and express what either of us would like. We're interested in your thoughts. Thanks for your time. That's funny. There's That conversation has gone on, on I'm, I'm guessing, in a lot of different households. Yes, I bet it has. Um, that word is like none other, right? To describe... <laughs> What you may want between the two of you. Yes, in this your bedroom. this word. I mean, if you if you're talking about, and um, I'm not going to start flipping it out there. No, it, it, but if you're talking about like even in the movie The Christmas Story, you know, it's the mother of all cur- curse words. Right. That's the way it's right. referred to by Ralphie. Right. right. And it's it's seeing it as it has such it's such a volatile word. Right. But it also is an incredibly descriptive one. Yeah. And so this is where we have landed. This is as Pam and Corey Allen for a second. Yeah. Um, we have landed in the arena of trying to talk to our children and demonstrate in the way we talk to each other. Words are just words. The meanings of them are what matter. Because you can be disrespectful degrading and harmful without even coming close to using curse words. That's right. Right? So it comes down to what is the intent? What is the meaning? What is, what is the message you're delivering? Because when I think through some of the clients I've worked with, they can tear each other up without cussing at each other. Oh, yeah. Right? And they, it, can be, it can come across with all polite-looking words, but, man, the meaning of them is not. Yeah. And so... It really comes down to what's the message you're trying to deliver. And sometimes when you're talking about the F word, my belief, and Pam, you're kind of confirming this, is there's no other, there's no other word that matches it on the clarity of what's going on when things are wild yeah, and what you're looking yeah. for. Because there's a flavor to it that just means something so specific and exquisite, but mm-hmm. it has another side to it that people are like, ah, they're, they're just turned off by that word. Right. But if I want that from you, all right, game on. <laughs> you better believe game on. Um, but it's but it's seeing it as, so when you're talking about um, what is it that works between you and your spouse, this really is a question of what are the two values that you've got in that system? And how do you push the envelope a little bit with each other if one of you really sees no issue and the other's like, yeah, I don't like it. We've had that come in too of, I want to be more of the dirty talk or mm-hmm. closer to that free-flowing verbiage, and my wife or my husband doesn't like it. And so you got to take some cues on what's their response to it, too, because if you're using something and the meaning you intend it is not landing, and it actually is a turn-off, is it as beneficial to keep pounding your head against the wall? Right. For this couple, it sounds like mm, this is an accelerator. Right. And it's really being succinct on what it is I'm looking for tonight. Right. And so it's, I, I think, good on you guys for how do I be more expressive and more engaged in a dynamic between my husband or my wife and I? Yeah. And how do I express that? Because I'm going to venture the guess that most of the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation, whether they use this word or not, they want to experience with their spouse. Yeah, yeah. 
I would agree. So if that's what I'm looking for, sometimes the best way I can get it is lead my lead with my language there. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I have a question for you. So I am the high desire partner in my relationship. My wife is the low desire partner. Um, the problem is though that I have a really hard time initiating sex because my wife is rarely in the mood to have sex, but she knows it's important to me, so she's often very giving. However, because she's rarely in the mood, when she initiates sex, I know that she's at least okay with having sex at the time. Um, and also it feels like she's giving to me from a place of love and, you know, wanting to make me happy. But I, uh, am a little bit scared to initiate sex because for two reasons. One, I don't know if she's okay with it at that time, if she's, uh, in the mood or if she's totally against it. Um, and two, um, she's the type of person who will just go along with it if I were to initiate it initiate even if she didn't want to so um it makes me feel like you know if i were to initiate and she wasn't in the mood but she just went along with it she's giving from a place of kind of obligation or duty it kind of feels like charity at that point so um you know i i don't want to force it on her if she's not in the mood so even if she was in the mood 99 percent of the time um that one percent is still enough to deter me so um, we've talked about it. We're normally pretty good at resolving our issues, but this one's kind of stumped us and we're not sure um, how to fix it. We both agree that it's not fair that she should have to be the primary initiator as the low desire partner. So do you guys have any um, any advice or any uh, wisdom you could share with me? Really appreciate it. Love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for your service. Thanks for calling in. And this is a great example, I think, of what can be an undercurrent of a lot of the messages we get via email, via phone call, uh, etc. Because there's this dynamic of what we want is kind of what we talked about in the prior segment. <laughs> we want a free-flowing, both sides are after it for themselves and each other, yeah. right? But a lot of times married sex does not fall in that category. It falls in one person has more of a drive than the other and the other's a willing participant, but they're just there more for the other person rather than themselves. Right? Right, right. I think that's exactly right. And I think um, it's he sounds very tentative. Yeah. And he is very tentative. That's what he's describing. Right. If the, even with just that 1% chance when she's not interested it makes him pull back even more of i don't even want to initiate it yeah just from a female perspective i i guess i'd throw out the two cents from a woman um i'm gonna be less turned on if you're tentative okay i i you know i i'm gonna be more turned on and have a higher um chance of jumping into it if you're coming at me boldly. Okay. I get that. So that's just food for thought on the days where you feel like you're courageous and can be bold. Um, but Yeah. And so I, I want to come at this uh, a, a little. T- there's two things that come to my mind. And the first way I want to go at this is just straight man to man. 
and you're kind of teeing it up a little bit, Pam. Okay. With this idea that you're allowing your wife to dictate all of the terms as you as you as the higher desire. You're, you, she sets the entire framework in the way you have it set up right now. Okay. That everything is contingent on her response to you. That if she doesn't respond well, that diminishes what you want or what you're after or your desire. I'm going to call bull on that. Okay. Because I'm going to guess it's a deeper desire than that. He's just he's just afraid to express it. Mm-hmm. Because there is the chance she would say no, even though it doesn't sound like that happens a whole lot. Doesn't sound like There's it. still this option that she could. And so in some regards, the way you are coming at this, you are orbiting your wife too much. You're giving her entirely too much power and you're not trusting her to handle herself. You're trying to handle her too. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you've got to let the reins loose and hand them back to her and let her, if she wants to say no to something, it's her job. If she's into something, her job. If she's going along with something, her choice. Right? So if if later on, and maybe this has happened in your marriage and this is what's kind of created the cycle that there's something has happened and then you're talking about it later. And she's like, yeah, I really didn't want to. And she, there's a little undercurrent of, yeah, I just had to, because of you, I wanted, you know, and there's an undercurrent of negativity attached to it, which then can make the higher desire go, I don't want to be a part of that. You got to at least be able to confront that a little better to say that was on you to have spoken up sooner than. Understood. I mean, it sounds like, uh, Obviously, they have had communication about this and, mm-hmm. and, and shared back and forth. And I got to say, I appreciate the awareness. Yes. Right? Because you, you don't want to create a scenario where I'm just oblivious to my spouse's sure um, thoughts that are going on in their head that aren't being vocalized, right? I don't want to create a scenario where there's resentment because she feels like she has to she's always saying no or or she's given into something that she doesn't want to do but then again as two adults coming into this we do each have to speak up for ourselves in that scenario and so there is a line between recognizing what's going on with your spouse being aware of it being um not just being aware but caring about right what might be going on with them. Absolutely. But also respecting them as an adult to speak up for themselves in a strong, in a good way. And tr- treat them as such. Mm-hmm. Treat them as the respect based towards another adult. Right. You know, that's the whole, you know, I, this is about each of us. Because that's what he's saying they both, in essence, are looking for. Yeah. Is how do we find this free-flowing? He is more likely in in. He will most often uh, let himself go, it sounds like, in in the times where she initiates it because he knows she's into it, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. So you have to start recognizing, even when it's just you initiating it as the higher desire husband here, if she goes along with it, she's into it. Mm -hmm. She says yes. Yeah. She may not have the full-on energy 
but she's engaged. She's there. She's into it. If it's still something that's lower than what you're looking for, then that's on you to speak up and say, I want something different than this. Yeah. And, and that's the dynamic of how sex unfolds as a language. Is it safe to say that there's a desire here for anxiety-free sex? Uh, yes. Because the responsiveness that they're looking for from each other is all, it, that's the that's the cog for anxiety in a sense. Right. And 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 these situations aren't no. anxiety no. free. I mean, there could be rejection, something goofy could happen. I don't know what's really going on between their ears up there and, and right. are they into it? Um Right. So this this whole scenario is based on this is the second point that jumps out is all the initiation uh, dynamic is based on response cycle. That if I'm wanting something and I'm, I'm trying to read the situation of, am I going to get a good response to determine if I go for it or not? I set up a whole, this, this whole dilemma that takes all the power out of my control mm-hmm. and it puts power on someone else's shoulders that they probably don't want anyway, because it's not theirs. It's not their responsibility. Yeah. Right. And so how do I see this as my job is to live more, more solidly as my role in the situation? Mm-hmm. You know, if this was a husband and wife in my office, this would be, I would, I would probably lead with uh, something along the lines of after having con- had a conversation with both of them, I would lead with something along the lines of, okay, so you want more sex with her, but you're, she gets to dictate the terms of how it all happens. Yes. And I'd probably get a confirmation from both. I'm like, okay. So in essence, Every so often you want your penis back from her so that you can attach it to your own body and have some fun. And then when you're done, you'll let her have it back because she gets to dictate all the terms. Right? Right. So there is an element, and this is a snarsh phrase, of we have a lot of times where men are walking around this world without their penis securely attached to their body. And when that plays out in sex, it sets up the scenario you led with, Pam, of it doesn't allow for a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. if I don't have it securely attached. And it's also something she doesn't want to have hanging out in her purse in the long run. No. Because that's just an appendage that, why would you want that? If it fall out at a grocery store, that'd be very embarrassing. Yeah, she's got her own stuff to take care of. <laughs> exactly. We all do. So it's seeing this dynamic as you're feeding off each other too much. So how do you start to recognize my job is to handle my side better and treat my spouse in a manner in which they handle themselves better. Mm-hmm. And then I deal with the responses to that as they unfold. Mm-hmm. Because you're already capable of it. That's what they're describing. They are well done. Mm-hmm. They've already, you've already laid the groundwork. Now it's both of you taking that little bit of a next step, which is a risk of, okay, I'm going to be a little more bold. I'm going to be a little more forthcoming. I'm going to announce an intention. However it plays out, I'm going to start letting my confidence lead the way rather than my questions. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's another email that came in that I believe is worth following up okay. uh, briefly. And so this is from episode 424, where the caller, uh, she called in about uh, how can she trust her husband with porn okay. and his, his history with it because he lied to her through the entirety of their marriage. Right, right. So it was prior to the marriage, and he said it wasn't an issue, no problem, no problem. Then 12 years in, he comes clean. Right. And, and says, says, yeah, it's a problem. Says it, it is. And it yeah. has been. And so we kind of called her to task on what was her part. 
that she plays in the dynamic, because porn has nothing to do with her, but the way she responded could have set up a scenario of, well, she doesn't handle good, you know, bad news well. Okay. Correct? So her question is, do I really play a part in my husband's lie if he lied to me before we were married? I mean, he lied from the get-go. So I get that you're taking me to task and having me look at my part. And yes, I did play a part by reacting partially. I guess I don't know who wouldn't cry after being uh, lied to for 12 years. But in response to Pam, something you said, I still have the right to ask him if he's acting out. I still have the right to question like on accountability measures. And do I ask and just don't believe what I hear because he's lied for the 12 years? So how do I believe him? I've told him I'd rather have, have it hear an ugly truth over a pretty lie. So if you're still struggling or you're acting out or you just slipped, just tell me. But nothing has happened in the last year. So I don't know how to believe that he doesn't have any that he's following through because he doesn't sure. have true accountability. Sure. Um, he, he set up Covenant Eyes, but his accountability partner for Covenant Eyes is their old counselor. But it's just the reports. There's no conversations. There's no checking in. And they no longer Skype with their old counselor. So even if the reports are good, it doesn't mean anything's good. I'm just so confused. I know we need to make another appointment to come see me. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm married to somebody that just continues to lie or if it was just those touchy subjects that he loves about it that he doesn't want to talk because there's so much shame and there's so much guilt that he still has and he doesn't want to talk about it. So she I means she really feels stuck. Sure. And she's overwhelmed and frustrated. Sure. And totally, totally. When you're on that end of it, absolutely. Yeah, you can cry. Yeah, you're not you're not going to trust him right away. And you know, I would say the covenant eyes thing. That's all well and good, but there's always ways around those monitoring systems. So I, you know, that's not something that I would necessarily rely on. But but it is an avenue for open up a conversation. Right. Right. And. I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. No, no, you're about to say you're good um, because I I wanted to hear the female perspective from this because this has been our journey, right? Over the 26 years, you know, we've had some seasons that were really down because of this this struggle and this dilemma that was there long before you. Yeah, and how this has played out. There's there's some. It's a tough road. It's a it's a long one, and Mm -hmm. I would say that. True forgiveness and I think a cleansing in my heart just to try and give her some hope. Maybe the length of time here isn't hope for her, but I want to say it was about 12 years before I really got to a point where I said, okay, I can finally let this go. Okay. Okay. And because it was every day I would come home and I would think, if my spouse doesn't know that I'm supposed to be home, am I going to walk in on something? Okay. And while, but, but that was me no, in my brain. Well, but hold on. Uh, Cause I want to at least uh, stop for a second and think that kind of a thought process. Is that necessarily untrusting or is it just preparatory of, I don't know what I'm walking into. Cause I think there's a line. Okay. That sometimes that can be a human preparatory thing of, I'm going to brace myself because I don't know what I'm walking into. And that can be self-preservation. That can be a willingness to, I want to handle this well, if there is good information. Because that's kind of what she's saying is, she's saying, I want the bad news. 
if it's there. And when she doesn't get any bad news, she thinks it's, well, it's got to still be it's there. It's got to be a lie. Right. And and that makes total sense. That it, Maybe it is preparatory, but it still, in my mind, says, I don't fully trust. Okay. And the reason I want to go there is because I think human nature is, even when you, in the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation, if you are a couple that has not had any kind of an issue with this, of a trail or any kind of thing like this where it's happened mm-hmm. in your life, there's still an element of, um, well, this happened with us years ago when you, one of the end of the year seasons mm-hmm. where there was a whole lot to have to be done. And after uh, a Christmas party, you went back up to the office and you were there till like three or four in the morning. Yeah. Finishing up some corporate stuff for the year yep. that needed to be done. And I, you were like, I should be home around one or two. I wake up at two thirty. You're not home, and my immediate thought is, what's going on? Sure, right? Just because we fill in with worst case scenarios immediately as human beings. Yeah, it happens. Even if there's, it's not warranted at all. There's still that thought, and then I've got to calm myself down. Which this is her plight. Mm-hmm. I've got to calm myself down and see it as okay. I have to just confront what's going on on my side and in and within my system as clean as I can. I can't keep harboring over I need more information from you. Right. Okay. So do right. you got anything else that you wanted to add? Well, I think the key here is them, yes, go see someone together. Because what helps um what helps her move on is to, to build trust, you see the other person being credible and breaking that chain of right of um, what is perceived as lying, right? Right. And, and so there's got to be a, a deeper connection there where it is an open line. You feel comfortable and a ho- hopefully he's right. receptive, but I mean, she can't make him that way. Right. Um, but that just takes deeper work between the two of them. It does, but it also takes individual work within you. Okay. And so there, I, I kudos to you, ma'am, mm-hmm. for uh, reaching out and coming back with, hold on, I get that you're calling me out on my side, but how do I still see it? And so I want to come at you again, because this is out of love and respect. Mm-hmm. Um. What, you're, what I'm hearing, and you just touched on this, Pam, what I'm hearing from you is she wants her husband to show up fully in the marriage. Yeah, who right? wouldn't? Because that's what, that's what this, this whole facade that changed when he came clean, mm-hmm. he, finally re- he finally has said, I have not shown up fully in this relationship. And now he's got guilt and shame that been, he's been dealing with all the way through with this, not because of her. But because of the struggle, mm-hmm. is the way it's been it's been framed to us, mm-hmm. means he can't show up fully because he's got guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. So he's not even letting that be seen. Okay. Right? And so there's this element of what I'm hearing her say is, I want my husband to show up fully. So my question is, ma'am, are you? Are you showing up fully? Oh, okay. Because if you're not... You can't expect someone to lead a place you're not willing to go or already going yourself. Hmm. And so there is an element of how are you leaning on your own integrity? How are you living within yours that truly does give him the weight and the pressure and the power of a marriage that is truly 
alive, that is truly all in, that is truly vulnerable and real and out in the open and raw. Mm. And so one of the questions to help asking on this, to help you on this path, and this is the simpler way to start to get to this deeper avenue, Mm -hmm. is start asking yourself, how well am I following through on my other areas of life too, as far as showing up well? How well am I just living according to my integrity? Do I say things best intention, but not follow through, even in small, subtle ways? Hmm. Because that's modeling it's okay to keep some things hidden, to not follow through, to not com- be completely visible. And okay. so when you shore that up, you use the pressure in a marriage tremendously better. And it doesn't solve it completely, but it puts the weight where it needs to be. That if he still uh, shuts down because he has all kinds of guilt and shame and he doesn't want to talk about it, that's his issue still then. You're the collateral damage still. Seek the help you need. Get, yeah. your, get thee in my office. <laughs> As fast as you can. <laughs> right. So let's end this where we started. Okay. June 18th through the 21st. Yeah. Mark your calendars now. Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. Because the getaway's coming. Uh, there's going to be some cool things happening if all things goes to plan. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to see you. We want to meet you there. So there'll be more details coming in the future. So yep. I won't spend a whole lot of time on this now. But this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone since we covered quite a bit today, uh, let us know what you think, what questions you've got, where we missed it. Uh, we don't want this relationship to be one-sided. No, we don't. We want both the nation and us to be better. So 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is how you can let us know. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time. <laughs>